freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, November 27th, 2011. And uh, we have a slight change in our schedule. Um, I regret to inform everyone that uh, Jan Irvin was not feeling well today. Uh, He has come down with the flu, and he will not be able to be joining us. Instead of... um, you know, uh, interviewing someone who isn't feeling well and might not have uh, the best uh, clarity of uh, of their thought process at the time. I figured let's uh, let's let Jan recuperate fully and bring him on next week. So both Jan and Bob will be um, rescheduled for next week. For those of you who saw the uh, announcement on the um, radio show page that they would be on today, uh, once again, uh, due to um, illness on the part of Jan Irvin, um, we're going to reschedule that show for next week. December 4th. December 4th, both Jan Irvin and Bob Tuscan will be coming on What on Earth is Happening to discuss the Trivium. Now, last week, uh, I had a show planned on the Quadrivium, but I uh, put the show on replay for last week because I had a previous uh, commitment with the Tesla Foundation that went uh, into uh, a little bit of overtime, and I was not uh, able to make it back in time to do the show live. So I put the show on replay, and um, um, the show that I'm going to do today will be what I was planning on doing last week, which was covering the quadrivium. Uh, Two weeks ago, we looked at the trivium as a methodology of discovering truth. And hand-in-hand with that goes the fourfold process of the quadrivium, which is arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. And we're going to be looking at that in depth today. I do have one event announcement before we uh, get into that material after the break. Uh, This Wednesday, November 30th, 2011, right here in Philadelphia, at Media Bureau Studios, which is at 4th and Brown, uh, it is the exact address is 725 North 4th Street. At 7.15 p.m., Truth, Freedom, Prosperity will be screening their monthly documentary uh, on truth. Uh, 
And this Wednesday, we are going to be showing the film Ungrip, which is a new film, and it's a really good one. And anyone in the Philadelphia area who hasn't seen it, come on out to Media Bureau this Wednesday night uh, for uh, a documentary screening of Ungrip, followed by a um, very lively and uh, intellectually enlightening discussion on the film. Uh, ben Stewart is the maker of Ungrip, and it, this is about sovereignty, and this is about getting off grid. Ben Stewart, as you'll recall, was the maker of uh, Esoteric Agenda and Chimatica, so this film is really hard-hitting. So uh, come on out tonight, uh, come on out this Wednesday, and for more information, please visit truthfreedomprosperity.org. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be getting into the quadrivium today. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're going to be getting into the trivia today on What on Earth is Happening. This is this material goes hand in hand with the material that we covered about two weeks ago on the trivium method. So... Before I jump into the topic for today, let's give the call-in number for the show. Feel free to call in at any time. We're generally discussing the trivium and quadrivium, specifically the quadrivium today. But uh, the topic really is open up to uh, all forms of education and learning because that's ultimately what this material is all about. This is about how to reclaim and recapture the actual process of learning for oneself. Learning how to think is what this is ultimately all about. How to take in and process information. So the call-in number for today's show is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number 866-841-1065. Feel free to call in at any time. I will be taking calls today, hopefully throughout the show. So, Last week, uh, we looked at the trivium. Actually, two weeks ago, last week's show again was a replay. And we saw how it was a process of how to go about acquiring truth from an eclectic, varied array of information. In other words, how to weed through information, how to remove inconsistencies with that information, and then to arrive at an understanding, and then ultimately to do something with that understanding, to put it into effect, to put it into practice in the world. So we saw that it was a combination of what is known as grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And we looked at the classical, esoteric, and modern forms of the trivium a couple of weeks ago. Now, you can go up to my website at whatonearthishappening.com and go to the radio show page, the radio show tab on the site, and you'll see under the player, images for today's show, always with uh, these uh, broadcasts and podcasts, you'll uh, 
see that I often have images posted that go along with the concepts. And today is no different. There are, I believe, eight images up on the website on the radio show uh, page underneath the player. So you can follow along with that images to see the, uh, the uh, information that we're looking at today and some uh, charts and graphs that go along with it. So image number one is a, a bit of a, of a review from last week when we were talking about the trivium from the last show. So we saw the classical method of looking at the trivium was grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Or in other words, information gathering, which is grammar, this is like the input of information into a computer, if you want to look at it like that. Uh, it's collecting or gathering from, a again, a varied and eclectic variety of sources. You can't just uh, pull from one or two places information. You have to be open and not judge the information hastily based on likes or preferences or um, you know opinions. This is taking information in regardless of where it comes from. In step two, you begin to filter that information. Okay, So this is the step called logic in the classical trivia method. What you're doing here is you're filtering it and then you're beginning a process of correlation, seeing how the individual data bits relate to each other. Then you can undergo analysis and that's where the quadrivium really comes into play because it is ultimately about the quantification of that data set. We're going to be talking about the quadrivium in depth today. The third process, of course, is putting the understanding that you have acquired from step two or logic into action. And that's called rhetoric in the classical um, style of the trivium. Rhetoric is equated with wisdom. It's what you do with what you know. You've come to a level of understanding, and then you're going to put that in practice in the real world. You're going to put that in practice in your life so that it has an effect in the realm of manifestation. Okay? So the esoteric form of the trivium, we looked at that in conjunction with the Kabbalistic tradition, and we touched on that it is also connected with uh, some of the processes involved in Freemasonry. So uh, last week, we, or uh, two weeks ago, the previous show, we looked at the uh, esoteric uh, aspects of the trivium, and these were, it's the same basic steps, it's just the way that they're viewed or looked at, or the 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 naming conventions of the steps essentially. And in the esoteric tradition, they were always referred to these three basic steps as knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And again, we saw that in conjunction with the Kabbalistic tree of life, that the tree itself grows from the hidden sphere known as Da'at, D-A-A-T-H. And that is knowledge. And it is it was pointed out to me actually in a discussion with Jan in the past that um, it is perhaps since that is where the tree grows from that perhaps the entire idea of the tree of life is that humanity has fallen due to a severance with knowledge, okay, due to uh, the, the, the tree actually being uh, cut down or, or knocked over because it is no longer actually connected at the trunk, okay, which is knowledge, the sphere of dot, which is said to be where the tree grows from in the Kabbalistic tradition. So we have to make a reconnection to knowledge. There's too much of a de-emphasis on actual knowledge in many different traditions that allegedly claim to be uh, uh, put forward 
with the intent of advancing the soul and advancing the spirit. And without an emphasis on knowledge, I'm afraid that really cannot be done. Um, it's a pipe dream. Okay, We need to understand what is taking place around us. We can't close our eyes to that no matter how negative that may seem. Otherwise, we're going to be led in circles and we're not really going to have an accurate understanding of what is required on our part in order to change the manifestation that we see in the world. So knowledge is a gigantic part of this. And again, it is one of the most important spheres on the tree of life. It is the sphere of dot, the hidden realm, the hidden realm of knowledge. That leads to the highest rung on the Kabbalistic tree, which is understanding and wisdom. Again, Binah, the um, uh, the uh, third sephirah, and Chokmah, which is wisdom, the second sephirah. And these are just underneath Keter, which is uh, the, the crown chakra, in other words. It is the unity consciousness, okay? It... Uh, it is the ancient of days, as they called it in the Kabbalistic tradition. So knowledge, understanding, and wisdom are the three spheres that you arrive at before you reach unity consciousness in this ancient esoteric tradition of Kabbalah, which is uh, totally interwoven and interconnected with the trivium and quadrivium methods. Finally, in the modern sense, we looked at the trivium as being an expression of something akin to a computer system. Data input then the data being processed in the central processing unit of the computer, namely the human brain, that's the analog to the human brain, and then outputting that data to an output device of some sort, like a screen or a printer or the internet. In other words, what you do with the data that you have acquired and processed. We'll continue this on the other side of this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're doing a short review of the last show that we did on the trivium, and then I'm going to be getting into the quadrivium in a few moments. In image number two on the radio show page, if you're following along with the slides I posted for today's show, you'll see a chart that lists the trivium process, the trivium method, in the correct order of the steps because order is of utmost importance here. You can't take these steps out of order or the process does not work correctly. You can't process information before you've gathered it. Well, you could attempt to, but you're not really going to come out with an accurate analysis if you do so. And certainly attempting to put information into action because before you've come to a proper understanding of it is always going to result in folly and ultimately in chaos. So the, the, the process, the linear order of the steps involved in the trivium method are of extreme significance and it, sh it should not ever be taken out of order. So the first step is input, otherwise known as grammar or knowledge. It's gathering data from an eclectic array of sources without prejudging it and this is critical. Okay, you can't take your own assumptions, interpretations, opinions, likes, dislikes into this process. This has to be done dispassionately. It has to be done in an open-minded way, not bringing the emotions into play at this step. Okay, this step 
answers the questions, who, what, when, and where, the raw data of the situation that needs to be gathered before you can start accurately processing that data, okay? Step two is the processing stage of the trivium method. And this is logic or also known as understanding, okay? It's comprised of three basic sub-steps. Again, we talked touched on this in the last segment. The filtration of the information or the removal of bad data, okay? The removal of data that is contradictory. So you're going through a, a, a specific process to weed out contradictions in the data so that you can get to the truth of the matter, okay? So you have to weed out logical inconsistencies. Then you're going to correlate the data. You're going to put it into, I guess you could look at it as subgroupings of data. This is related to this. This is related to this. This is related to this. All right? And you're going to ultimately try to see the entire pattern, but that helps by relating like concepts to each other. So that's the correlation step, sub-step of the processing stage. Then you're going to actually analyze the data. And again, this is where the quadrivium comes in because the, the quadrivium is the quantification methodologies for the data that you have acquired in step one, the input stage, okay, or the grammar stage. The processing stage overall enables us to learn the answer to the question why. It is to help us to understand the reason, the meaning, or the purpose behind the events that we see uh, playing out in our world. So what is the reason for being? What is the meaning of this? Why is this like this? You will come to an understanding of those things if you have followed the process through in part two accurately. Then part three is then what are you going to do with this understanding? Are you going to sit on it and do nothing? Are you going to uh, praise yourself for having come to such an accurate understanding of something? Or are you actually going to do something of worthiness and effect with the information that you have accurately arrived at and understood? So this is the wisdom stage, part three. This is the what they call rhetoric in the classical trivia method, the output phase. It's what you do with what you know. Speech and action based upon the knowledge that you've gathered and that you now have an accurate understanding of. That's what this third step is all about. And I would say without that step, what's the point of even going through the process of learning the truth? Because knowledge and understanding are ultimately meaningless unless they're actually put into action in the real world. In a way that is in accordance with natural law and the respect of the rights of others. That's what we have to do with this knowledge that we've acquired through the trivia method. So ultimately when this is done, this is how knowledge and understanding are propagated so that real and positive change can be created in our world. That's the purpose, the entire purpose of the trivia methodology is to arrive at an understanding of how can we be of benefit? How can we be of assistance to the raising of consciousness of humanity? Because we understand that's really the only way that anything's ever going to change here. So what are the methods of actually doing that, of actually reaching people? Well, it's putting this threefold path to truth into action in our lives. 
and then speaking and acting in accordance with it. That's what the trivium method is all about. And connected with this is the quadrivium. This is a subset, you could look at it, or a complementary path in relation to the trivium. And of course, it's based on the word for, as we're going to see. When we put them together, there's actually a sevenfold methodology to come to the truth. And that's what the Kabbalistic tree is all about. That is what the chakra system is all about. These are just correspondent systems that symbolically ultimately relate to a method for learning the truth. That's what it's all ultimately about. As we said on day one, you have to believe that there is such a thing as truth in order to go and set off in a journey to find it because you don't know what the truth is at that point. But if you don't believe that there's such a thing as truth, that makes you a solipsist, one who thinks that there is no such thing as truth at all, and they never set foot on the path of discovery. They never set foot on the path to higher consciousness. They never set foot on the path to introspection and uh, discovery of the true self. That doesn't happen for a solipsist, okay? So this sevenfold journey is all ultimately about the self and the self's path toward truth and realization, self-realization. So let's take a look. Let's begin taking a look at the trivium, at the quadrivium. The quadrivium, as I've already said, is the quantification methodologies for information processing that is plays a huge role in the step number two of the trivium, okay, processing, or uh, in the classical system, what was known as logic, and in the esoteric tradition, the understanding phase, okay? So the word quadrivium basically breaks down into two etymological root words, okay? And these both are from Latin, and uh, the first one is the, the word, the Latin word quator, which means four, okay? Quator means four, where the first part of quadrivium comes from, quadra, okay? So it means four, four what? Well, the second part of it is vium, V-I-U-M, and this is uh, derived from the Latin word via, V-I-A. Via, and I'm on slide number three for those who are following along uh, on the uh, radio show page of the website. Via in Latin means way, path or road. So just as trivium meant the three paths because uh, trivia, um, uh, T-R-I comes from tres tria in Latin. So that means three. Quator means four. So instead of three roads, the word quadrivium simply means four roads. Okay, pretty simple to understand once we understand the etymological, uh, uh, the etymology of the word through the root words from the ancient Latin language that it comes from. Ultimately, the quadrivium is a fourfold path to truth, just as the trivium was a threefold path to truth. So we're going to take a look at what the steps of the quadrivium are on the other side of this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. 
Today on the show, we are talking about the quadrivium as an adjunct to the trivium method. And we see that the name quadrivium, very similar to trivium, means fourfold path or four roads. That's basically what it means, just as trivium meant three roads or three ways. So quadrivium can mean four ways. These are four ways of processing information, basically. And this is an ancient system, just as the trivium is an ancient system. You could look at this as a component within the trivium. Again, mainly for the processing stage, because this, these are the four quantification methodologies that are employed for information processing. So, slide number four shows you what these four methods for information processing and quantification are. They are arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. And just like the steps of the trivium, grammar, logic, and rhetoric, or knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, these four methodologies need to be taken in that order because they increase in their complexity as you start from arithmetic and proceed through geometry, then music, then astronomy. So you can't start building a house at the top floor. You have to build a firm foundation first. And that foundation is arithmetic, which is called the mother of all the sciences, really, mathematics is in general, because without math, you really can't engage in any of the other sciences because you can't quantify your observations without a knowledge and understanding of mathematics. So we'll be looking at what each one of these sciences entails and how it fits into the trivium method uh, over the course of this show. So uh, before we do that, we do have a caller on the line, so let's go to the phones. If you're calling in, please be patient. Stay on the line. I will get to your call. I want to take calls today. So um, uh, once again, the call-in number is 866-841-1065. I look at the switchboard usually during breaks because during the, the show, I'm, do I'm looking at my notes and my slides. So be patient. Stay on the line. Don't get discouraged. I will get to your call. So here we go. Richard in Washington State. You are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Yeah, Mark, uh, I really enjoy the show, and but I am going to make a challenge to you sure. uh, over the information that you're giving us. Yesterday on, on Melody's show, she had James Madison, uh, who uh, has written a presentation called uh, The... Declaration of Re Restoration. Mm -hmm. Secondarily, he mentioned a, a uh, article that you can get over the internet, "Emergent from Illusion," uh, by Joyce or by Ricardo Johansson. Basically, I called in about uh, several weeks ago and challenged you on your on your concept of what the founding fathers gave us. Sure. Those two two uh, examples of information tell us that the founding fathers gave us sovereignty. And there's two systems. There's sovereign system that has been totally falsified and, and presented to us in a, in a poor form. Our Constitution, as we now have it, is a fraudulent document. It's not what the Founding Fathers gave us. And, and secondarily, we are now subject, if we choose to be, and that's our choice as individuals, in a, a total fraudulent system, which is our United States of America system. Right. So I, I challenge you to go to Melanie's show and everybody also, and especially the Oracle 
uh, hosts to go to that show, find out what we're really fighting for so that we can focus on that, and then pursue that avenue of the fact that we want to educate everyone using your methods right. to find the truth of our sovereignty. And I'm in agreement with you, Richard. I, I don't think that uh, e even in the intent of the Constitution, there was true human sovereignty put forward. Just the fact that they thought they could lay and collect taxes is proof of that to me. I'm not a constitutionalist. I, I don't believe in authority whatsoever. So uh, if, if that's any consolation, it, uh, it's, no, that, I'm, that's I'm my much whole point. Yes. We are, you're, you're mentioning a document that is not a, a what the founding fathers gave us. Right. That was replaced in, in the late or the middle 1800s. That is not the sovereignty our founding fathers uh, gave us. You need to go back and use the truth and your uh, trivium and quadrivium uh, seeking of the truth and find out, especially by by seeking uh, Melanie's show and the, and the uh, archives of exactly what the founding fathers gave us. If you go back, learn that truth, you'll totally change your perspective about what our founding fathers gave us. Interesting. I, I will. I will look into that. Absolutely. I, I want to uh, say thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Thank you much for pursuing the truth. Absolutely. You got it. Okay. Great call. So, um, absolutely. Uh, we have to understand that history has been basically rewritten by the people who are in charge right now. That's what has taken place. So Richard has a great point there that we can't take it on face value that what we're the the documents that we're being handed and and are reading and assuming is what was a, the original intent of this land is what was actually in the minds of the people who came here and set up uh, this country to ostensibly escape the tyranny that was happening from from Europe. But uh, again. Yeah, also have to look into consideration, take into consideration, I mentioned this over the last couple of weeks, that there were people already living here and living uh, on this land, and a, a bunch of settlers came in here under the assumption that they could just settle here and turn this place into their way of life without, uh, you know, the slightest bit of consideration from the, by the people who were already living here and had already been here for probably hundreds if not thousands of years before people came across uh, the Atlantic Ocean. So um, I think we may be dealing with a whole lot of karmic repercussions for the way that we settled this land as well, in addition uh, to uh, uh, the history having been rewritten by the victors, as you could call it. So uh, great points there, Richard, and I will look into that information. I uh, typed down uh, what you were saying, and I will go to those sites and check it out. So thank you. So uh, once again, the call-in number, 866-841-1065. Feel free to call in at any time. Be patient. I will get to your call. So let's go back to the quadrivium method and look at the four steps of this method. In order to understand these four steps and why they're important, we have to understand how this subset of information processing fits in with the trivium. So on slide number five, what I've put forward here is, again, this um, three, four, five right triangle, which you will actually see is a big symbol in mystery school traditions and often in the occult as well. So this symbol generally represents how the three and fourfold processes of the trivium and the quadrivium come together and work together in a complementary fashion. You can't have one without the other, essentially. Okay? The, the 
quadrivium would be useless without its place in the quadrivium, and the trivium would fall apart if we did not have the quantification methods of the trivium for use in the processing stage. So, um, the two angles that form the right angle, the two lines or sides that form the right angle of the right angle triangle in the 3-4-5 triangle represent the trivium and the quadrivium. Once again, these form a sevenfold path, okay, which seven is a sacred number in just about every ancient or mystical tradition that I can think of, okay, including Kabbalah, including Freemasonry, um, including um, the, the tarot system, including um, Rosicrucianism, you name it. If, if it is of any mystical significance, if it is any tradition that truly and deeply studies the self and attempts to unravel what is really taking place in our world, the number seven comes up over and over and over again in astrotheology. Okay? Um, this, this is a number that relates to the self because of the seven energy vortices in the body, okay, the chakra system. And bringing these two methods together helps us bridge the five senses and bring them all together in a focused way such that we are truly present and paying attention. Okay, so present moment awareness plays into this hugely because this is how we can truly come into true present moment awareness through this information and information processing system. We're going to be talking about in future weeks about activating the body truly on what we should be eating. We talked about a lot of the things we shouldn't be eating, but we're going to talk about health in a big way, how to generate health, how to stay healthy. Food is such a huge important part of our lives that it can't be understated. We are what we eat. That that old aphorism is absol absolutely true. Okay, What we put into ourselves becomes the brain and the other building blocks of the body. And that ultimately is playing a huge role in our behaviors and our actions. So the trivium and quadrivium ultimately unite to awaken the five senses. And that's why that is the hypotenuse of that three, four, five right triangle, the five senses. When we put these numbers together, another mystical number emerges, the number 12. We'll talk about why that is on the other side. This is What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. We're back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. Looking at the quadrivium today on the show, we saw that it was comprised of a fourfold method for the quantification of data that is amassed in step one of the trivium, the grammar process, and then part two, which is the logic process or the processing stage, is using this method, the quadrivium, for the quantification and analysis of that data. So in slide number four, we saw that it was comprised of arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy, which we're going to look into in a, in a few moments. And in slide number five, we were talking about how these two methods or roads, okay, 
actually come together to create a bridge between all of our five senses to activate, you could say, the entire physical presence of our individual monad, our unit of consciousness in the all, okay, in right here in the physical world, how to be here now, how to be fully present and active. That's what this sevenfold system is ultimately about. So the trivium locks in with the quadrivium to activate the physical senses, the five senses. And that's what this three, four, five right triangle or 90 degree triangle is all about. So that's how the quadrivium fits in with the trivium. This fourfold path locks together with this threefold path, which we've already discussed, to awaken the senses and put us on the path to truth. Now, when we add these numbers together, three, four, and then add five, okay, we get the number 12. Again, we've seen the significance of the number 12 when we looked into occult numerology on past shows, when we looked into gematria. When we add one and two together, okay, we get three, the all-powerful magic number three about the unification of the Trinity, thought, emotion, and action coming together in a state of unison or non-duality. We saw that the mystical number 777, this important number when it comes to the occult because it is about the activated man or woman, I'm talking about the activated being, okay, um, that has ignited their thoughts, emotions, and actions and brought them together as one. This number was represented, you know, the, the number seven represented um, a form of completion or activation of these three modes of consciousness, thought, emotion, and action. If you didn't have them, any of them activated, the number six was often used as the number for incompleteness or inaction, okay? A falling short, failure, etc. So if you you know, were in the state of consciousness of not having activated thoughts, meaning in ignorance, of not having activated emotions, meaning apathetic, and being lazy or cowardly, not acting, okay, that you were said to be in the state of the beast consciousness, which is 666. The three sixes applied to each one of those modalities of consciousness, thought, emotion, and action. Conversely, if they were awakened in you and, and active and all uh, united for the same basic purpose, you were the activated being or the being that was in the world but not of it, was um, uh, embodying the qualities of the divine, not claiming to be God, but embodying qualities that were God-like, that were di divinely inspired, you could say, making a one-to-one -one connection with that all source and bring tapping its power to bring that power into oneself okay to get out of fear based consciousness and truly activate the higher self that was the 777 and once again you add those together you get 21 which is 3 once again okay just like you add 12 together you get 3 it's the same thing. When this process is activated in a living being, the trivium, quadrivium, and five senses coming together, then he is activated 
in the trinity within himself or herself, okay? Thought, emotion, and action come into unison. This is a method for doing that, okay? So again, this is all about solutions. The, all the shows you're going to be hearing from here on into the future are solutions-oriented approaches. We already looked at mind control. We already looked at the dominator's methodologies. Now we're looking at how to free ourselves from their methods, and these are the methods that are, we can employ to actually free ourselves. This is why people were forbidden to read. They were forbidden to uh, eclectically um, gather data. They were forbidden to, to hold the same types of books that their masters or owners in a slavery system were allowed to have. Slaves throughout time were forbidden from reading. Slaves throughout time were forbidden from using the trivium method. This is a well-occulted method, and it unfortunately has been removed from the education system. And we need to get it back into our education system, or we need to get our kids out of the schools that won't teach people this way of learning, because this is the method for knowing how to know anything, really. That's what it is. It's learning how to think is what this is ultimately about, and that's why they want to take this method and and occult it, hide it from people's view so that they can't learn how to think. And if you can't, you don't know how to think, you're going to be willing to buy whatever uh, lies come down the pike because you're not going to be able to apply these methods for removing contradictions and quantifying your data set to come to an accurate understanding of what's taking place around you. That's what this is all geared toward doing, toward putting those skills into the hands of people so that they cannot be duped anymore, so that they can do fact-checking and data-checking to understand, is this accurate? Is this true? So that's how the quadrivium fits into this whole big picture. And it's important to understand, and it's also important to understand how there are uh, occult connotations to all of this, and how um, through symbol they uh, basically... Um, uh, encoded this. And again, this three, four, five right triangle, you will see it in a lot of different traditions. But m most of all, the number one place you'll see it is often it is depicted in uh, Freemasonic symbolism. So let's actually get into now what the trivium, uh, I'm sorry, what the quadrivium method actually is all about. So the quadrivium, once again, is arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy in that order. Again, this can't be emphasized enough. If you take these out of order and you don't look at the mastery of one of these topics first as a prerequisite, okay, you're trying to eat your sandwich before you make it. You're trying to build the top floor of a house before you build the foundation, and there's no strength in that. Okay, There's no empowerment in that. All right, and it, it, as a matter of fact, it's quite impossible if you think about those things. So it's impossible to take these out of order. They have to be looked at in the in the order that they're laid down in this four step four method stepwise process: arithmetic first, geometry second, music third, astronomy fourth. Now, in this little chart that I've put together in slide number six, we're going to look at what each one of these sciences are. And we're going to relate them to uh, esoteric concepts as well. Because again, this is not just about the left brain aspect of things. Okay, The, the quadrivium itself does employ the left brain to a very great extent. But this is also about the fourfold um, 
uh, method of uniting our internal elements or the components of ourselves, okay? And that has to be done for an overarching purpose, which is the advancement of spirit, which is the all-important fifth element. Again, this three and four come together with the five, okay? The five is a, is a huge symbol, the five-pointed star. We looked at the, pen, the symbol of the pentagram in its positive aspect as being the spirit ruling over the, 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 the four material world elements, earth, air, water, and fire. We're going to relate these sciences to the four elements and, and help, uh, help to understand in an effort to understand how these need to be bridged with and combined with spirit. Okay, these are all for the advancement of spirit ultimately. Okay, so the first method we'll look at is arithmetic. And I hear the break music coming in, so we'll leave the uh, analysis of these four sciences in the quadrivium. We'll be getting into them right on the other side of this break. More on the quadrivium and your calls coming up in the second hour of What on Earth is Happening. You won't want to miss it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these words. Welcome back, everyone. This is the second hour of this week's edition of What on Earth is Happening. Today is Sunday, November 27th, 2011. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The call-in number for the show, 866-841-1065. I hope to be taking some calls this hour, so call in and get in the queue. And uh, after we break down the quadrivium method, we will be taking your calls, and let's jump right back into this. So here we go. The four steps of the quadrivium. The first science is arithmetic, also known as basic mathematics, okay? This is referred to as the mother of all sciences, because without math, you really can't engage in other scientific methods because this is the basic means for quantification of data. So what arithmetic simply is, is the study of quantity involving the combination of numbers through the operations of addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. This is just also known as basic math. Everyone knows what arithmetic is. Um, what I've put underneath here is that Arithmetic or basic mathematics is pure construct, okay? It is abstraction in itself. So it is, we're not actually talking about physical things. Numbers are abstractions, basically. Yes, we can say we have an amount of something, but that number in and of itself is an abstraction. It exists in the mind, the construct of the mind. So this is about as non-physical as it gets, Okay? We're engaging in abstract concepts. We're engaging in constructs that take place really only in the mind. That's what number actually is and number theory. 
So it's important to keep in mind that this is probably the most um, ethereal of all of the uh, methods of the quadrivium. And as such, I have uh, um, ascribed the four elements to the four methods of the trivium, okay? <clears throat> the, uh, uh, of the quadrivium, I should say. The trivium, again, the threefold path, grammar, logic, and rhetoric, is about input, processing, and output of data. This quantification method, known as the quadrivium, we can relate each one of these to one of the four basic elements. And as air is related to the intellect, okay, the pure realm of uh, um, abstraction and uh, dealing with constructs, air is the most appropriate to ascribe to the step of the quadrivium that is arithmetic, that is the basic foundational step, okay? Now, you once again, you can't go to geometry unless you have an understanding of arithmetic because to deal with geometric concepts, you're going to need to be able to do basic math, okay? If you need to add angles together, okay? If you need to add line lengths or so, the lengths of a polygon together, you need math in order to find out any of the correct answers to that those questions. So if you're going to do um, mathematical operations, if you're going to do ge geometry operations that involve finding area or finding volume, math is a prerequisite. You can't do any of that without mathematics or arithmetic. So again, this is the foundation upon which all the others are built. And as we'll see as we move forward, really Ultimately, the other three methods of the quadrivium are built upon arithmetic and are a form of arithmetic themselves. So we'll take a deeper look at this on the other side. This was a short segment. We'll be back right after these words. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Welcome back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Today on the show, we're talking about the quadrivium. Methods of quantification in the processing stage of the trivium method. So we, we're looking at arithmetic. The science of numbers, basically. Okay? It's basic mathematics dealing with the combinations of numbers in order to quantify things. And this is the root of science, basically. If we don't have this, we can't really engage in other scientific methodologies because we won't know how to quantify our data set. And that's extremely important. The question of how much is more important than we realize. We need to be able to put of a uh, uh, overall measurement of value upon anything and this it not only includes the physical things this includes things that are of esoteric significance what is of value how much value can we ascribe to this 
to spend our time on it, to pay our attention to it, and so forth. So numbers, really, when it comes down to it, are the basis of everything. Hand in hand with that, form is also the basis of everything, which brings us to our next method in the quadrivium, which is geometry. So this is step number two, meaning that the prerequisite for it is arithmetic. Once you have an understanding of how arithmetic works and functions, and you could do it and you have mastered it, then you can understand geometry. This is why we don't get geometry lessons until high school or maybe late grade school, okay, in, in any real sort of way. Um, of course, it's touched on, you know, but later in grade school, you'll start with geometry classes. Um, you won't do that until you have an understanding of mathematics, and that's addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division because you need all of those operations in order to do geometry. This is basic common sense, and everybody pretty much knows this. So what is geometry? Again, the word is important because it means the measure of earth. Okay? So again, this is related to earth in an esoteric sense, which we will get to. Let's talk about what geometry itself is. It's a branch of mathematics that is concerned with shape, size, relative position, and the properties of space, okay? So we're talking about the quantification of form now, which again, we can't do without arithmetic. So this is understanding forms, and form underlies everything as well. So we could look at this as the study of the physical, because we're moving out away from the area of pure abstraction or just constructural ways of thinking, which is basic numbers. And we're getting into form, which actually, forms actually do exist in the physical reality, the 3D reality in which we live. So this is less of an abstraction geometry. Now we're actually dealing with measurements of things in the physical world. Okay, now we can do it purely in an abstraction on paper or in a computer, but we could also engage in geometrical constructs uh, um, methods in the physical reality in which we live. They apply to the physical world. So, again, you'll see that it's defined as a branch of mathematics, okay, which means it is arithmetic in and of itself, but it is applied to something. What it is applied to is the measurement of space. So it is arithmetic applied to space, or the arithmetic of space, as I put there in uh, parentheses on slide number six, the chart on slide number six with the podcast or the radio show. Um, Earth is what this deals with because that's what geometry actually means, the, mu- the, sh- the measure of Earth, okay? Again, measure is related with the concept of um, Ma'at in the Egyptian tradition, the Earth Mother, okay? She is the spirit of justice and truth, okay? The G in the middle of the compasses and square in Freemasonry is often said to refer to geometry. And it is one of the things, as we talked about, that that G 
corresponds to and relates to because it is about how we can reshape ourselves in order to come into harmony with that great mother, okay, the one who brings justice, the one who is connected to the source of everything. Truth itself is what we're trying to align ourselves with. That's what the whole esoteric tradition of Freemasonry is about, as we saw in past podcasts. So geometry means the measure of the earth. And in, in looking at it in that sense, this is most certainly, it most certainly corresponds with the element of earth in the system of earth, air, water, and fire, the four material elements that we have to combine under the spirit or ether, the fifth element, the quintessence. So again, the numbers three, four, and five, again, playing a huge vital role in the entire trivium method. Okay, the trivium being the three, the quadrivium being the four, and then the unification of these coming together in our five senses to activate and awaken them. This is what the awakening process is all ultimately about. We say people are asleep, they need to wake up. Well, this is the method for truly awakening oneself, understanding these disciplines, and learning how to think. We're going to talk about later on the show in the show the science of hermeticism. We looked at the hermetic tradition when we looked into natural law. And we're going to look at the five basic steps of that tradition and how this relates to the uh, trivium and quadrivium to awaken the five senses. Because that's ultimately what we're trying to do is wake people up. Take them from being unconscious, which is asleep, to being conscious, which is awake. So the third branch of the quadrivium, the third quantification methodology is music, okay? Music, people will not generally think of as a science, but it absolutely is, okay? And it was cr of critical importance to teach music, especially to children who were still in formative and developmental years and were still learning. And, and learning ultimately how to think. Without music as a balance to a lot of these other uh, more hard and left brain methods of science, the balance becomes lost. Okay, music is so important. It's been, played such a huge role in my life. I have often um, attempted to try to find, before we get into you know the definition of music and relating it to the uh, esoteric um, um, one of the uh, uh, material elements, um, I have often tried to find out what are the commonalities or the common factors that contributed to any given person's awakening. And I have always found music to be a common thread. Very interesting. We'll pick this up on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're looking at the quadrivium on today's show. If you're following along on the What on Earth is Happening radio show page of my website, 
we were looking at slide number six, which contains the four steps of the quadrivium and relates them to the esoteric elements of the material realm. We already took a look at the first two. I'm going to take a look at the second two, hopefully, in this segment, and then we're going to start getting to some of your calls. We looked at arithmetic as being the mother of these sciences, without which uh, you couldn't do any of the other um, methods of the quadrivium because it is the ultimate uh, method for the quantification of any data set is basic math. So that is a prerequisite for all of these. We looked at geometry as being the study of form and shape and size relative position. We called it the arithmetic of space. And as we gave arithmetic the uh, characteristics of the quality of air, we assigned earth to geometry. It can be looked at as uh, the mother of these sciences or the prima materia in a way. You know, it is uh, a starting point in understanding form and function. So we um, assigned earth to the uh, science of geometry. Now we were looking at music, and before the break I said that one of the key factors that seems to play a huge role in whether someone is um, conscious, and this isn't to say that everyone who enjoys music is necessarily conscious and highly awake, but I did notice in those who were, music plays a huge role in their lives, and often they have participated in making music, in creating music. And I find that very very interesting and inspiring because, uh, again, music has played such a gigantic role in my life, and I don't think that I necessarily would have come to the level of consciousness and awareness that I did hadn't it been for uh, the creative outlet that music offered me in my life because ultimately we're here to be co-creators with the divine, and music is a big, big part of taking part in that process, as is art, as is creating artwork. So um, these are two huge methods of awakening, of uh, helping to spur the process of awakening, I should say, that I haven't really touched too much on in the show, but I think uh, that at least should be said. And um, I would suggest to people to do a social experiment to just uh, find some of the more conscious people that you know and find out what role music played in their lives. And I guarantee you, you will see a significant correlation uh, with the people who are awake and whether they engaged in and uh, uh, actually took a creative role in making music and in general whether music played a significant role in their lives or not. So what is music? It is an art form which employs vibration, rhythm, dynamics, and the interplay between sound and silence as its mediums for expression. So most people don't consider this a science, but ultimately, if we looked at it, every one of these ways that um, music expresses is a form of time or the... um, the uh, breakdown of time into smaller units, into quantities, okay? Because without time, there can't be vibration, okay? Without time, there can't be rhythm, okay? You can't have 
an interplay between sound and silence without interspersing them in time, throughout time. This, what we consider a linear progression of events so that all events don't happen at once. Okay? It is separation in the sense of what we consider past, present, and future. Ultimately, we understand from a higher um, consciousness point of view that there is only the present moment, that there is only the now, okay? But music is created in the now, okay? When you're playing a single note, that's happening now. And then you move past that individual present moment, things progress, and then you play another note. And then that note that was, that vibration that was, passes into what we call the past, okay? And then you keep going along with that flow of creating this dynamic inter interplay between sound and silence, and we ultimately call that music. That's what tempo is, okay? The changes in time that we experience through crea the creation of music, all right? Dynamics is whether things get loud or soft, okay? And that changes throughout time. Every one of these concepts is related to time. So as we saw, all the concepts in geometry are related to space and form. Well, music could be considered the science of time. But specifically, it's the quantification of the science of time. So that's arithmetic. Arithmetic is the science of quantification. Okay? So what I've called music here is simply the arithmetic of time. Okay? It is number applied to time. Whereas number applied to, sp to space describes geometry. So that could be a heady um, way of looking at music, but indeed that is how the ancients saw the system of music in general and why they placed so much importance on it because they understood the present moment awareness and how music plays a huge part in that. If you want to be truly present in the present moment and aware of what's going on around you, uh, play in a band and understand how much you go into the zone, as they say. When you are fully present and you become one with the vibration, you become one with the song. And that's what we're ultimately all here to do, to become one with the one song, the universe. Okay? The one change or vibratory energy that is taking place all around us, that we are part of. It's to recognize our oneness with that. So music helps to come into the present moment. Okay? And understanding music is not really truly possible without first understanding number and form. Because that's ultimately what we're dealing with. That's what music is all about. Music is all about form through vibration. Just look at some cymatics videos and you'll understand what I mean. That sound is the underlying force behind all form. So maybe I'll post a couple of cymatics videos with uh, this podcast. Uh, C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S, cymatics. Uh, a, a very, very interesting study if you haven't looked into it. You'll really come to an appreciation of how important vibratory energy is when it comes to what we see through shape and form and color for that matter. It's all about frequency and vibration.
And music and its understanding and its study can play a huge role in unlocking those higher-minded concepts and helping us to bring them down uh, to the realm of usability in the material realm. And one of the, as I said, one of the biggest components of that is helping us to stay rooted in the present moment because it's all about time. It is the arithmetic of time, as a matter of fact. Now let's look at the fourth and final method of the trivium and then we'll go to some calls and then I'm going to maybe wrap things up today again talking about how this relates in with the, the hermetic tradition as we had been talking about uh, in the, in the uh, uh, stage when we discussed natural law. The fourth and final method is astronomy. There's the intro music so we'll pick this up. On the other side of the break, we'll look into the science of astronomy and how that relates to the quadrivium. Don't go anywhere, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. Today, we're discussing the, tri- the quadrivium. And we were on the fourth step of the quadrivium, the, four, the fourth and final science that the quadrivium entails for the quantification of the data that we have acquired through the first step in the trivium method, grammar, and that we wish to process accurately to come to an understanding of so that we can then do something with that knowledge that we have acquired. So science number four is astronomy. And um, actually, before we look into this, I want to just relate one more thing about music. And that is that this is the emotional quality. This is the, what you could call the sacred feminine of these four sciences of the quadrivium. And again, that's the one that truly brings balance to the equation. Music would be water, okay, the higher feminine uh, element. And um, again, music is all related with flow, just like water, okay, the flow of time, the flow of energy. That's what music is all ultimately about. It's one of the reasons they want to create so much discord, discordance with the kind of energy they're pumping out there through radionics, cell phone towers, harp, chemtrails, etc. These are all things to disrupt the flow of music within us to set our vibration off. Okay, so Discord continues, both within us and in our interactions with others. So moving toward the fourth science of astronomy, we understand that what astronomy is, is the science that deals with celestial objects, okay? The science of the gods, so to speak, the objects out there beyond the earth. Wanting to understand how the movement 
of these objects works, okay? Their geometries, their music, so to speak, okay? The natural science that deals with the study of celestial objects such as stars, planets, comets, nebulae, and galaxies. So, this has been called the music of the spheres. This has been called the science of the gods. On this chart here, I refer to it as the arithmetic of time and space. We're quantifying the movements through time of celestial objects that have positions in space. And understanding that they have a rhythm, that they have a cycle, that they have a music. It is a symphony. So you need to understand music, geometry, and arithmetic before you can understand astronomy. That's why truly the study of astronomy will be balanced with an understanding of music. Because music is the feminine to the masculine of astronomy, the macrocosmic world, the higher realm, okay? This is alchemical fire that we're talking about, the fire that ignites the universe of the stars, okay? So I called it the arithmetic of time and space. It could be simply referred to as the music of the spheres, as it has often been called. So this is the fourth and final method of the trivium. And, you know, I look back on this chart and I realize when I was growing up, these were the things that I considered uh, valuable, important, and interesting to learn when I was in school. And unfortunately, one of the biggest parts that plays a huge, um, uh, does not play, uh, I should say, does not play a huge role in, in modern education as it did in classic education is music. Schools totally cut back their music programs to emphasize more on reading, writing, arithmetic. Okay, now arithmetic, of course, is important as it's one of the, the foundational steps of the trivium. But when we place too much emphasis on the left brain methodologies and take away the one of the all important forms, which is music, from the educational system, we're keeping our children in a left brain prison, which is what I'm going to talk about in the last segment is the, how this entire uh, system works to help balance the brain if it is used correctly and wisely, okay? Um, the trivium and quadrivium together is a technique for balancing the brain. And I'll explain how that is. And I'm also going to relate it a little bit, again, as I said, to the uh, hermetic tradition of initiation. But before that, let's take a couple of calls. Here we go. Caller from Ohio, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hi. How are you? Sir? Yes. This is a great call. I stumbled across this because I uh, originally dove into uh, the uh, call uh, Freeman Radio with Dean Clifford about the uh, trust law and stuff. And then yes. I kind of stumbled across truth frequency. Excellent. Um so um, this is great information. It's totally right in my line because I'm uh, uh, totally familiar with that's why when I was a kid growing up, they forced me 
from being ambidextrous to being just writing with my right hand to force me to be a logical thinker. Right. And uh, the math and the geometry and, and stuff like that was, wasn't taught to me in, in school, yet I received a, a diploma that says I'm graduated. So I totally resonate with all this information. Uh, sure. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the so, yeah. I, the reason that they make children write with the right hand, or at least used to force that on them, is because they want you in the left brain in the education system. Because um, the left brain controls the right side of the body. So if you are left-handed, you have a more open and receptive right brain modality, which yeah, puts you into intuitive. a truly intuitive and creative state. That's exactly right, sir. And. Um, yeah. I'm naturally left-handed and was always left-handed from, you know, the time I was extremely yeah. young and fortunately for me, no one ever forced the uh, right-handedness onto me. So, it's something uh, I've often looked into as well to see who has a more open and receptive right brain, which is so critically important. Uh, and I, it often makes me wonder why so few people are left-handed or born left-handed. And even though the, the few that are, they look at that as a bad thing and try to condition that out of a child. Yeah, well, I'm I'm totally in tune with uh, well, getting in tune with uh, the universal consciousness of what's going on. I am waking up fast, so you know I stumbled across Vedic math, which is heart math, which yes. totally works the feminine and the masculine yes. part of the brain, and it opens you up. So uh, if I go on these calls every Sunday, well, this probably helped me out and steer me in the direction I need because. Because uh, I'm just trying to um, to get truth and freedom when it comes to the system that's trying to run my life. That's right. And get free from, um, like I said, you know, I originally came down to this because they, they're playing a right brain game on us or whatever kind of logical brain game on right. us in the court system and all that. So do you speak about a lot of that stuff also yes as a matter of fact I did trust uh, law? yeah uh, not specifically trust law but uh, how admiralty law which is what we have in the United States varies widely from natural law so um, you can hear oh, yeah, that in I, my, I'm a, I know what that is in my news section I've done a few interviews on some other shows we haven't gotten into that on my program too much as of yet I've touched upon it but um, if you listen to some of the interviews I've done recently in the news section of my website you will uh, find a couple of shows where I talk, uh, get in depth on admiralty law. Oh yeah, I'm familiar with it because the admiralty law runs the world. That's right. I mean, it's UCC, so I'm in tune with that, but it's just, I think I'm going to be coming to this call every Sunday. This is totally in line with what I need to do because cause with Vedic math, I need to retrain myself with the math geometry and then the music, sacred geometry, because that has everything to do with the fight high codes inside of us you know sure with uh, opening up the as above so below you know because i am part of the universe we are all one and who knows so what I'm that like could do for transforming our creative potentials uh we have the ability to actually rewrite ourselves and make ourselves over again we're not locked into any form or any specific function we can choose to create a different destiny for ourselves and that's one of the methods for doing it oh yeah man you know what when i uh uh, I mean, I've been, uh, well, part of my journey, you know, I, I, I thought I was in the truth when I was in church and stuff. 
but that's been perverted too. There is some truth there, but so I don't go dive into the church realm anymore. So, well, sir, thanks so thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it, and I'm glad you're finding it useful information. Keep listening, and uh, keep up. Uh, yeah, I'll be here every Sunday, five till seven Eastern time every Sunday. That's right. Thank take, you. Take care, sir. Thanks for the great call. One more segment coming up, folks. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Sleep. Stay asleep. Obey. When he looks at it with his eyes, it's what we see. When he looks at it with the sunglasses, we see the same things all the way through. The subliminal symbolic that you couldn't see. Obey. No independent thought. Don't think for yourself. We have to be able to see through their illusions, folks, and the trivium and quadrivium are methods for doing that. I'm going to wrap up a few concepts and then we're going to finish up with some phone calls. And let me direct everybody's attention to the slides again on the website. Um, We looked at slide number six. To slide seven, I go back to the trivium and just reiterate that it is about ultimately information and the accurate input processing and outputting of that information just like a computer that is working properly would deal with information. If any one of these things is off, the computer is basically not doing its job properly and the human brain acts as the central processing unit of the human body computer if you will and if it's not operating in efficiency or in balance, we're going to have junk being output, which means behaviors that are not conducive to what we really want to see for a peaceful and prosperous existence here on earth. So the trivium can act as a fulcrum point or a a method of balance for the human brain. And I want to help people to understand how this entire process works in the brain. See, the the first step of the trivium process is the input. And in order for that to work properly, we can't have a non-functioning right brain hemisphere. So the right brain has to be somewhat receptive. This is part of the problem with why people won't take in any of this new information at all. Once the brain has become Uh, so engrossed in certain electrochemical activity, it almost hardwires that way. That's how mind control works. It's trying to hardwire a set of uh, pathways into the brain, you know, get the pathways functioning a certain way and calcify it, almost turn it into stone symbolically, you know, not really, but in other words, when certain neural activity takes place chronically, we get used to that and almost addicted to the way that is. And therefore, if, the right, if that process isn't engaging the right brain, because we've always been in this left brain prison, okay, the right brain's not going to be receptive to new information. It's going to reject it without non-judgmental collection of that information, which is what part one of the trivium is all about, the grammar stage, okay, the input stage. The right brain has to be somewhat receptive, and it has to basically allow the ego to step aside with its likes, dislikes, preferences, opinions, etc., and just take the information in without filtering it. That's part one. Part two is the filtration process that is the, the, the logic step, okay, the processing step. 
This is the part that we're really engaging the left brain. And as you saw, yes, the quadrivium is largely a left brain methodology, set of methodologies. And I would say with the exception of music, music is definitely a right brain method because it involves so much creative energy, okay? That helps us to come to an accurate understanding of things. The problem is in the educational system, the way it's set up today, the right brain is almost excluded from this process entirely. And at a very young age, they're giving us a data set that is incomplete, that has completely walled off certain entire chunks of reality. It has firewalled off. And what that does is that puts us into a firewalled, walled off brain state that only engages the left brain with the information that has been deemed acceptable in by this control system. And therefore, we're trapped in this endless processing mode without any connection to the right brain modalities. See, what the goal is of, the, of part one, the input stage, is to feed the totality of the information we've taken into the left brain so that then the processing of that information can begin. If we don't understand the steps for processing, which is what the quadrivium is ultimately about, okay, it plays a big role in that, we're not going to come out with an accurate analysis, which is understanding Okay, that's why I put quadrivium on this left side. It is the processing stage to, to arrive at understanding is what the purpose of it is. Only then can we then feed it back to the right brain, which answers the question why and what for what purpose and for what reason ultimately is this is this information has it have I come to these conclusions regarding it and then how am I going to allow those conclusions to guide my actions okay this is all right brain material after the processing stage is finished you have to make a reconnection with the right mind again which is where the process began the right brain hemisphere and it doesn't just go totally to the right brain and then leave out all the logic that you understood it combines them at that point. It bridges them. So that's why the output is holistic in its function. The output, the rhetoric, or the wisdom is what we do with what we know once we have arrived at an accurate understanding. And that is a holistic process. It is neither left nor right brain if one has truly used this methodology correctly. It is holistic functioning reasoning which is what wisdom actually is because that's what is guiding our actions. We are now acting on accurate understanding and that is whole-brained intelligence, not just left-brain intellect. So with that being said, I just want to touch on the five steps of hermetic initiation and how this relates to the trivium and quadrivium. In hermeticism, one of the most ancient mystical traditions okay, for awakening a human being through the process of initiation, the five steps were stop lying, especially to yourself, okay? That's what understanding what's really going on in the world is about. Get out of your state of denial, okay? Stop dreaming. And this doesn't mean don't think of ways of making the future better. It means stop existing in cognitive dissonance of seeing one way that the world actually is right now and thinking that it's some other way or trying to lie to yourself and saying it's some other way that it isn't. Stop dreaming about what you think the world is or ought to be and accept it for what it is and then do something about it. 
okay? The third step is learn how to think, which is what the trivium is all ultimately about. Right there in the middle of the five-step initiatory method uh, in the ancient wisdom traditions, in the ancient mystical traditions, was learn how to think. That's the, uh, the middle of this process. If you don't learn how to think, you're never going to come to accurate understanding about anything. And the trivium was employed at this step in the process of initiation. You have to stop lying. You got to want to know the truth. You got to stop dreaming. Get out of your cognitive dissonance about what you think is going on and then really learn what really is going on. So then that's how to think, okay, using the trivium and quadrivium methods. And ultimately, the fourth and fifth steps were truly live in the present moment, which we already referred to today, talked about that that's what part of the quadrivium helps us to do, and to activate the physical body, the importance of food, which we're going to be bringing up very soon on this show and have some guests come on to talk about that, and how to really generate the health and maintain the health of the body and the brain. I'll leave it there for today. We took in a lot of information. Let's go to the calls. I see we have our good friend Bob Tuscan on the line who's going to be a guest on next week's show. Bob, you can take us out. What do you have for us today, my friend? Bob, are you there? Bob Tuscan? Okay. Looks like he hung up. Let's go to Mike in New York. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Uh, Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I'd just like to, to go out and say uh, that if you do not do the steps for the trivium properly, uh, you'll never, ever reach the steps of the quadrivium. Uh, you must take in the processing, you must do the information, and you must do the output. Uh, doing those steps helps to balance uh, or helps go back and balance be, uh, between the left and right uh, hemispheres of the brain. And then uh, the quadrivium, once, if you actually took it back and studied them all, it took a lifetime to do it. Uh, all ancient cultures, all great ancient cultures, were all, all were masters of arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy, uh, because they realized that those are truly uh, the tools that God used to to build anything and everything around us. That's uh, right. And uh, through the balance and use of all those things, we can help correct our own lives and uh, the lives of everyone else around us. That's exactly uh, right, Mike. Thanks so much. Mike, when are you going to get your own radio show? That's what I want to know. You could be doing this <laughs> probably better than me. <laughs> well, no, well I'm, I'm, still, I'm still studying, but thank you, Mark. I'll take that into consideration. Great stuff, Great stuff. You always have an eloquent way with words, and I thank so much for you taking us out today. That's all we have time for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. Stick around. Chris Everard is up next. <laughs> 